know, Rob, uh, <laughs> technical uh, technical issues abound this morning. Yeah, well, that that happens sometimes. It's it's kind of rare, but uh, yeah, things uh, you know things get updated and maybe things don't connect as well as they should. But uh, such is the life in the technology era. It doesn't always work perfect. And uh, <laughs> at some point, we'll get you on a Mac. And uh, uh, well, I don't know that it's Mac away. is the is the <laughs> solution, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, Macs have their issues too at times. I know that. Well, knock on wood here. <laughs> yeah, right. So Keep far, your fingers so good crossed. for me. Yeah. Right. Right. So anyway, we're recording today on Skype. So you know, but we're actually using Skype to do the recording, which well, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, and I'm also recording it on my Rodecaster too. So coming in both right. ways well, that's good so anyway anyone everyone welcome to the show and uh so uh, last couple here before we get back and have live in the studio so uh, rob i read you did your first twitter spaces event yeah i did i i did it was last night it was uh it was had great turnout um you know lots of people in there and lots of Good discussion that spanned the whole spectrum from the convergence of uh, podcasting and Clubhouse and social audio to uh, just talking about what's what's going on in the in the world in general around podcasting conferences and a lot of uh, talk about that. People are starting to pipe up and talk about um, what's coming in the in the spring and um, in the summer and then also in the fall too there's there's talk of in-person events I know I uh, I, I got an email from the team in relation to NAB coming up in the fall and um, and then also um, there's you know podcast movements and podfest Orlando coming up here in June and uh, Fincon and all all sorts of events that are starting to pop up, uh, thinking that the you know we're going to have in person again. So it's it's kind of exciting actually to think that that could happen. So as far as your event on Twitter Spaces, did you schedule that, or did you is there any way to schedule it, or is it impromptu, or how did you do it? Yeah, it was all actually it was set up just like a on, on online event through a platform called. Um, What's it? L U uh, dot. I don't have it right in front of me, but it was um, uh, done through an event platform, right? Coordinated oh, so, there, right? Well, that's and then, interesting. And then that was pointed over to um, at a certain time uh, on on Twitter Spaces, and once you start the room, you can send out a bunch of invites to the people that you want to have join you in the room, uh, hmm. and that's what that's what happened. And we all jumped in there and did it at the same time. And, and I think we had maybe as many as maybe 50, 60 people in there at one time, people coming in and out of it all the time, I guess spaces has a limit of 10 speakers. So we had about, um, some people had to drop out other people could come in and speak, but there was a, I think we had probably close to 15 people come up on stage and start talking, I guess they've they've capped it now at ten people on stage able to talk, and the rest have to be listeners. So, so do you know what the organization site that you used was? Yeah, actually, I just pulled it up. It's uh, lu.ma, 
Uh, and oh, it's, that's weird. It's a, uh, it's called Luma and it's a, it's, it's basically an event scheduling platform mm-hmm. that allows you to create an event and then it has all, all the tools to, to add it and have a registration process and, um, a little bit like Eventbrite, that kind of same type of a platform. But uh, and the pricing right now is free. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you can create this almost like a you know a conference type of session in there, and you can invite a bunch of people to to join you there. So mm-hmm. that's what was done with this. It was a little bit in conjunction with Podfest, so it had a had a little bit of a connection there. And so we talked about. Um, the online conference uh, podfest and how that went over the last two weeks and and but I've been seeing just a just a huge amount of um, spaces popping up in my Twitter app here over the last week. Uh, there's a lot more activity in that area right now. Um, Twitter's definitely ramping it up. Uh, and I know Todd, you you and I talked about doing a simulcast with Clubhouse and Twitter Spaces on the 13th of this month and i think we should try and pull it off if we can all right well it should be fun but again i got to figure out how to you know the big challenge will be the inter- interconnectivity with my system so i can you do twitter spaces from the browser does it have to be done from a mobile phone i think at this point it's only on mobile i believe i haven't seen it available in my Twitter web experience. Um, here, l- let me go to it. Yeah, I don't see anything in there about that yet. But I have heard that it's coming, but it's just not there yet. Yeah, that would make it more easy. Yeah, it would. And I think that they plan on doing that. Um, but I'm sure most of their you know activity is is on their mobile apps. So that's 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 where they're putting their primary emphasis yeah from a producing standpoint though yeah you know trying to integrate definitely easier if it was browser-based but yeah yeah let's see if i can figure out how to get it wired in uh, time will tell yeah i mean i think you have a couple days to to do it before we jump into it so that that'd be next would it be next saturday the 13th mm-hmm. yep so and and i can i can definitely do it on my end getting us into clubhouse and i was planning at least Getting going live on Clubhouse next Saturday. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, what else is going on beside all this audio, social audio stuff? It's kind of funny, you know. It here it is. Uh, you know, I just wonder if this rage, not rage, um, uh, shiny object, will continue. Well, I think I it did. will because Todd, there's there's a bunch of apps jumping into this space. I mean, it's it's not just. I mean, there's Stereo, and then there's another platform called Chalk, and I keep hearing that there's a couple of others out there that are jumping into it. And I hear that, uh, you know, Mark Cuban uh, is pushing forward with his platform that he's you know that um, um, what, what the Fireside, um, yeah, the Fireside Chat thing, and then uh, I. I'm hearing more and more talk about um, Facebook and Instagram doing something as well. So I think this is definitely, uh, um, you know, a, a, a trend that's not going away. Um, I think what's going to be interesting is how social audio impacts um, the listening side of podcasting. Uh, I think it's going to create a, a another genre of 
of podcast content going into the podcasting space. I just wonder if, if it scales across all these apps and you get a lot more people spending hours and hours and hours listening to audio. Um, uh, I don't know if it's as big of a threat to podcasting as it is to maybe, um, broadcast radio. Um, people spending time with, with radio cause you know, it's live, you know, I mean all this stuff and really what we're talking about here, Todd is live audio. Mm-hmm. Mostly. Yeah. Well, um, it's interesting in the sense that it's like the old party lines into almost to, to some extent one or another. So what is old is new again. Right. And, uh, but I still, again, I, I just, I just don't know if this holds over time as people's lives get back to normal. Back to normal again. Well, I mean, it's a good question. And then also, um, you know, we've seen the growth and development of on-demand being what rules the day. And that's what keeps me having hope that um, podcasting is not going to be impacted by this very much, is that the on-demand piece that podcasting brings to the table is is convenience and availability and, and always there versus um, this real-time kind of you-have-to-be-there type of an experience, which tends to cater to a smaller subset of consumers. One thing that um, I, I get to thinking about on this is, well, you know, I, I guess we'll see. We'll see over time what happens with it, but kind of lost my train of thought. But I think that uh, we'll have the option uh to use all these tools in one way or another which to figure out what best benefits building the audience where you want to build it. And um, yeah. I think there's a good hybrid here utilization. And, you know, I, I did see, I know what my train of thought was I lost. There was a um, gal that uh, posted on, I don't know if I saw it on YouTube or on Facebook. doesn't matter. She basically, um, and it's not podcast related, but she was complaining about, um, and it's something I've kind of complained about in the past, where people are coming in and saying, "Well, I'm an expert. I've, uh, you know, I've built X number of podcast shows, and blah blah blah." Well, this was an instance where people are claiming to be millionaires and claiming to be experts, and she was uh, basically like, "I don't believe you. Show me your bank account balance." Um, you know, and going back to the, the theme here that, uh, you have to, I think people just continue have to be careful. And I think in the podcasting world, hopefully there'll be enough, uh, those with, you know, the knowledge of the space to call out people that are giving, you know, bad advice or, you mm-hmm. know, so time will tell. And again, yeah. I think it's a small percentage, but I think the other entrepreneurial type of, you know, some of those, because again, Clubhouse and those other groups are not dominated by podcasting discussions. It, it runs the full genre. Right. So. As it should, you know, if it's going to scale, there's so many other interests out there, but the, the rooms that I've jumped into and stuff, uh, talk about subjects that I I've never been in a room full of people talking about before. I mean, is mm-hmm. some of the, you know, a room that I hopped in, um, a couple days ago was about the, 
should we cancel cancel culture? <laughs> you know, oh, things absolutely. like that. I mean, I mean, <laughs> there was um, there was people from all sides in there. There was um, conservatives, liberals, um, folks that were, you know thinking that maybe, you know, that that's a good thing. And there's people in there thinking that it's a bad thing. So, I mean, and they were talking amongst each other. Sometimes things get a little heated at times, but the moderators come in and, you know, settle the, you know, put the fire out. Uh, <laughs> and then, you know, things get back to back to normal again. But those are interesting convergences um, where we've seen in other media where people kind of go to their sides. Right. Um, and, and don't talk to each other. So it it is creating some interesting conversations. Over there. I don't know what the what the real social cultural impact of that is on change. I don't I don't know. I just think it's probably an interesting discussion, and it's good to hear um, the perspectives of people from um, all sides of these topics. And sometimes people jump in there, and there was like completely, you know, take it completely out of the realm of the polarization and start really talking about you know, why and how and where this is all going. And it takes it in a whole new direction. And everybody's like going, Hmm, maybe there is something there. So it's, it, it just causes different kinds of conversations than I've ever heard before. So, which makes me think it's a, it's kind of a new medium. You know, I go back to, um, my childhood and I think about my grandfather, he was, uh, he was an expert in playing devil's advocate just to get a discussion going. And yeah. I think what, and sometimes I would be amazed at some of the things that he would say that I knew philosophically that was, I would not normally hear come out of his mouth, but he would, he would pose the question, you know, and, and they, there would be a, there would be a, you know, a very good lively discussion that would, uh, would happen. And these were amongst, peers that were like-minded but yet he was of such well i think he did it for sport a little bit but i think that um what we have lost in this country and, and many other places in the world is the ability to have a dialogue without someone blowing up and screaming in someone's face and right. or you know completely shunting them out so Maybe, and just maybe, we're now going to start having some dialogue here. But I think it's good on both accounts. You know, yeah. there, it doesn't matter if you're if it's religious or if it's uh, political or mm -hmm. what it may be. It at least allows people to, you know, hear other people's opinions, and then people can weigh in. They can comment, and maybe that's yeah. part of the stuff that's missing in podcasts today because oftentimes the conversation within podcasts themselves, um, especially some of the very popular ones, they don't have a left-right view or, you know, whatever it may be. It's, yeah, it's, it's playing to each end of the spectrum, right? Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that uh, maybe there's something to be learned there is to find, at least in the podcasting space, maybe find a co-host that is, you know, diametrically different than what you are. <laughs> mm -hmm. well, and do a show and that's uh, kind of what i did with the speaker live show my co-host with the speaker live show was was definitely had political leanings that were different than mine and and that sometimes came up but but it wasn't really a much of an issue but um 
you know, the other topic that came up uh, in some of the um, clubhouse sessions that I've been to is artificial intelligence. Uh, there's a couple of sessions in there that are really deep diving into the I- implications of um, the artificial intelligence. And I, I started really thinking about it a lot, too, and that caused me to really think about where we're going as a civilization and as a, even as a country. But as you look at globalization in the context of, of artificial intelligence and how technology could impact even a medium like podcasting um, has some pretty scary ramifications as you start thinking about it. And you, you know, we're, we're all working with like Descript and we're working with these, these platforms that are starting to um, sound exactly like human beings. Right. Um, but they, they can be artificially generated audio uh, based on text or, or um, creating a voice profile. Uh, you start adding the layer of artificial intelligence into that and it does kind of take you into a realm that can be a little bit scary, right? Around, um, human replacement and, and is there a, a role for human, uh, exchange in the future with, um, very powerful artificial intelligence And it. It raises another question around trust. And not that we don't have enough trust issues to deal with in our civilization today, in our society, um, but you start talking about being able to art- artificially create things, um, create content, create video, create that is not real. Um, and it takes you into a realm that can be a little bit scary. And I kind of wonder about the implications around o- on-demand content when that happens versus live content. So you start thinking about um, – it's probably a little harder for algorithms to generate live audio content versus on-demand audio content when you think of artificial intelligence. Yeah, luckily, we're all pretty much under the realization that AI is all now being driven by some coder, and there's really no true AI at this point. It's a lot of a, a lot of uh, a lot of code. It's that and you know, machine to, learning and things like that. It's still early. Right, I but, agree with you. Right. And when until we get to the point where, you know, and I actually don't look forward to this, but I, you know, when when a machine becomes self-aware, right. I think we're all in trouble. Right. <laughs> that's part of what I'm trying to say here is that, um, you know, and I. I think that the social fabric um, really starts getting threatened at that point because chances are if the technology gets to that degree, we're going to have robots that are going to basically be able to do a lot of the tasks that people um, do in jobs. Um, and, and companies might find that robots can be much more efficient they can work longer hours they don't well, they have, can work 24 hours right, a day. exactly <laughs> they can they don't get sick they don't you know need, and you start thinking about the implications of that from the standpoint of our societal structure um, and, it, you know, how people get you know, earning income. Um, if if they're being replaced more and more by robots and by automation, um, you know, autonomous cars. I mean, all the, I mean, you just go through the litany of how our society could change. And I know this isn't a podcasting topic per se, but I, I do try and keep it in the context of thinking about how this stuff, this technology is going to potentially impact podcasting. Um, 
Why? It should be a lot easier to yeah. uh, submit a list of uh, yeah. discussion points to a machine and have it pump out a, a right. podcast. <laughs> exactly. And I, that came up in the discussion last night on Twitter Spaces as well, is that there are more and more companies coming up with these auto, automation tools. I, one was mentioned, I think it was conversion.io, that basically enables, um, you know, you give it a parameter and it goes out and creates um, written content for you and organizes it onto a, to a page and all, all sorts of stuff and puts all the links in and you don't have, you know, you don't have to do it. And it's like, you start thinking about the implications of that around creating audio content and creating written content. Um, you know, when machines start doing it and when these, these AI devices, uh, and platforms start creating software code too. You know, it replaces maybe half of the amount of programmers out there could lose their jobs as you look to the future too. And so I don't, you know, I don't know what you think well, about all when that. Well, one innovation drives something else. So drives something else. So I, yeah, so skills probably have to change. Maybe the the type of programming that's being done of AI is different than the programming that we're used to doing today, like HTML. Maybe low level programming gets replaced entirely high level programming probably that there's still a place for yeah well it sounds like you guys got pretty deep we did <laughs> we i mean it went for let's say i don't know almost two hours i guess and that's not unusual on these social audio platforms they just go and go and go because there's there's so many people involved right so it's kind of like on this podcast we add a a third person in here and guess what the show gets 30% longer. <laughs> it's the same kind of thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. And again, it really boils back to the, how do you value your time? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I look at podcasting as a way where I dictate how my listening time is utilized and what I want to listen to, what I want to be educated by, what I want to be informed, entertained with. Um, so I think from that aspect, podcasting will, will never, ever be supplanted. But if I'm going to be looking to have a discussion or a conversation or maybe get some education in a different type of way, maybe social audio it has a place. But it again... Uh, I, I need a clone. There's just not enough hours in right. the day and be able to maintain, right. a, you know, a life. And, you know, I think that's, again, this is my misgivings with the whole, whole situation. Yeah. I, I yeah. really use my, if, you th if I think about how my life changed when I was in Hawaii, I was spending three hours a day in my car right. because of the traffic and taking kids to school and everything else that was going on. And when I moved to Michigan, my my um, commute time changed from uh, three hours a day to essentially 22 minutes a day. And that r recovery of that time was really, for me, it was fantastic. And right. then now let's let's you know we'll add in yes. the the pandemic, and you know while I didn't have kids run into school or going to sporting events and stuff like that, the, a lot of parents do. And 
So their time, basically everyone in America or the world really achieved what I achieved in June of, of 2019 and getting all this time back um, was really incredible. And and then you get used to having that time back and you supplement it with something else. Now that everyone has got all their – and what it, okay, so now what are people supplementing that time with that they were spending somewhere else? They're supplementing it with content, with YouTube, with podcasts, with social audio. But the moment um, the office opens back up, sports opens back up, and again, I've said this multiple times, but I think this is where people are again – going to be in a time suck where something's got to give and what gives does does one supplant the other do people hang out in social audio versus watching some tv or uh watching netflix or you know something has to give because in last time i checked there was still only 24 hours in a single day and you do need to sleep a little bit right (laughs) it's true and i guess if if ai can can um, take care of of certain trudgery or uh, difficult things in our lives that aren't really worth our focus. If we can task, let's say, a smart agent, and I think to some degree we've we've started to experience what a smart agent might be able to do in our lives with the smart speakers, right? Um, but to have that. Uh, smart speaker be intelligent enough to predict what we need to do and then just go take care of it um, based on us assigning it a task like uh, go book a trip to Dallas on this date or something like that and find the best price and and you know and look at my calendar to find the best time to leave or something like that and then it just goes and does it for you right and you've given it the the authority to use your credit card and you've given the authority for it to make all the arrangements and put it on your calendar and all this stuff. I can see those type of functions being something that we get to at some point as well. And, and who knows, maybe that, maybe that technology comes to podcasting somehow and uh, how we produce our episodes or something. Uh, but I don't know. Does that seem like it's valuable to you, Todd, to have that kind of a capability? Well, again, do I trust it? You right. Know? And, and well, all this is really about is. trust, right? Everything right, is right, about right. trust now. And in some ways, this is a nice kind of jumping off point to, I saw the um, the link that James Cridlin put into Pod News about uh, a, um, a podcast episode um, that was being put out under um, – under NFT, which is non-fungible token, uh, which mm-hmm. basically is l- linked up with uh, a blockchain technology with cyber cyber currency. And speaking mm-hmm. of trust, um, that's one of the things when people talk about blockchain and talk about um, uh, cyber currency or cryptocurrency type things. Um, it's basically an exchange that's that happens that's very public. Uh, or I mean, not public, but is available for verification from multiple parties um, about a transaction. So basically, it's it um, all sides of transaction they communicate to each other, and so everybody knows when something has been completed, and, and it creates a trust bond that happens in any kind of a transaction. Um, so so I guess uh, this one podcast 
I think it was done uh, through um, Tech Meme. Tech Meme, I think, is the yeah, right. the tech, tech Meme, yeah, the Tech Meme Ride Home uh, podcast. I, I think uh, put their first podcast out as an NFT non fungible token um, form uh, of collective digital art is what it what, what was so called. So what does that really mean? Is it a podcast? Was it delivered in RSS? Is it MP3? You know, yeah. when you say that, people's eyes glaze over. So what does that really mean? Um, I'm not really sure, actually. I, I haven't had a chance to dig that deep into it, but I can kind of see where it says um, you can you can distribute any kind of digital art form um, through this as a platform. And I think it's, it's, it's like a premium thing. Right. Uh, it's basically selling access um, to content using this technology or being able to get credit for, um, for using this, um, you know, or listening to it. So I think the other thing that we're kind of, I think, on the cusp of is platforms that create um, listening exchanges around cyber currency that um, the listener starts getting paid for listening to content. So, well, I think that Adam Curry's approach was that the podcaster gets paid, not the right. listener gets paid. Yeah, well, I think that these um, these blockchain technologies basically enable it to go both ways, right? So let's say a a show gets a big advertising campaign and they they can ramp up their audience based on sharing that advertising revenue potentially I, I i can see that going both ways potentially um but to be able to to incentivize listeners to listen to a piece of content that that is that has an economic value to it right uh is is something that's in, in, interesting i know i i talked to a woman that's building a platform uh, um, it's called state of women, uh, podcast network and platform. She's creating all new apps and she's creating her own like, uh, rewards currency tokens, um, that are going to each time a, a woman listens to a podcast on her platform, they will get credited with almost like a, a, a frequent flyer reward points, mm-hmm. um, a certain amount of reward points if they listen to so much of a podcast, right? And so they're incentivizing uh, listening to content and bringing economic benefits. And then this this new currency is creating relationships with uh, uh, product providers that may be using this as more of a promotional vehicle, but it gives you access to products and services that those people might want, not unlike frequent flyer miles. So, so you can kind of see how that might happen here with um, digital content as we move into this new realm of blockchain. I know I probably caused a lot of glazing over people's um, minds on this, but um, I don't know. What do you think about that, Todd? Well, you know, I think the challenge there again lies. If you're paying me to listen, is it an infomercial? Um. Is it no better than infomercial? Or is the content actually going to be, you know, 
again, I, I think it really, when, when, when you tell somebody that you're going to get paid to listen to a podcast, that just, I mean, my, my ears just kind of perk up a little bit, or you're going to be incentivized to listen to a podcast, then the audience becomes the product again. Um, right. Right. So, but Todd, it can go the other way too. You can pay to listen. And I believe that this right. tech meme ride home is actually connecting, um, the ability of, um, of, I, I understand they, they the should be able to earn money from right. that, that token right. or whatever that piece right, of exactly. technology. So is. you click, um, to, so I just went to it and I, I clicked on, um, it looks like it says, uh, connect to wallet and say, you should connect your wallet to sign messages and send transactions to the Ethereum network. So, yeah, so you can connect to it. It looks, it doesn't look like that they're, it doesn't look like that they're limiting access to the content. So it must be more of a donation model type of thing. Right. And I think that is where the team over, you know, Adam Curry and his team are on the right track and making that a seamless experience across the entire space um, mm-hmm. with this, some of this stuff embedded in the RSS feed. Yeah. So time will, tw- will you know, time will tell if that actually is going to work, but it's very volatile, you know, with the price of uh, any of these bitcoins versus uh you know ethereum or whatever it may be yeah um going up and down you just you know, just wonder what the value of that really is if it's a stable yeah it's 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 interesting to see where it could go um you know we, we make it simple for you here at uh, new media show you just we got a paypal link on the website <laughs> <laughs> well you know paypal's actually moving into cryptocurrency too and right. i mean you start yeah. looking at the the global trends here around the conversion of this and and i know that the federal reserve in the us is looking at creating their own cryptocurrency of course because they want control right <laughs> right so so this crypto movement that we're seeing happen here is not an anomaly here. This is the, I think, you know, every year that goes by here, it's going to become more and more of a presence. And the last and, group I yeah. want to deal with that has a, a, a cryptocurrency is the federal reserve. They're already manipulative enough. I don't need them to be manipulative. Well, as far as, know. yeah, as far as I know, they are, they're kind of already a, a an electronic currency, right? I mean, <laughs> well, they are the yeah. money that passes <laughs> isn't being printed into paper. I don't think anymore. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so they've been already moving that direction. I know. I mean, I mean, I don't go to the bank and get paper money anymore. I don't know about you, Todd, but, and it's use a credit card, right? Yeah. Most of the time use a credit card. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So So just, yeah, you do that digital, digital cash transaction, but at least here's the thing. That's a difference, Rob. You know, if, if things go belly up, that, that paper money's worth nothing anyway. But if, uh, (laughs) For now, <laughs> right. For now, at least you can go to the bank and withdraw dollars and have that green hard cash in your hands. It's still spendable, <laughs> right? You know, we haven't entered the dark ages yet, where we're, uh, you know, we're tr- we're trading a gold tooth for uh, some food or something. So, yeah. uh, I, I think we're I think we're okay for the time being. <laughs> well, certainly, if we can't. Um 
generate enough electricity to keep all of this stuff going, um, you know, all that value is going to disappear if we uh, lose our power grid, right? <laughs> Texas. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, there were some lessons to be learned by people in Texas, too. Um, yeah, right. Especially when you buy on what you think you're going to use, and then you overuse, and you get a bill on your overusage that shocks you. <laughs> yeah, like thousands of dollars uh, you all owe right. in your electrical bill. right? Yeah, because you overused, and you get penalized because you overuse. I never – I, that's a interesting way to buy electricity, I <laughs> <laughs> I just pay by the kilowatt and be done with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's there's parts of the country where where electricity is cheap, and other parts of the country where it's really expensive, depending on how right. it's generated. Yeah, yeah. And uh, good old coal is still about as cheap as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> that nuclear. Right. Well, but you know, there's still a lot of this. Nuclear. Yeah, there's still a lot of part of this country that's powered by nuclear right now. Yeah. yeah, not as much as it used to be, but yeah, yeah. I think in the end, uh, you know, I having been the user of solar, I you know, I'm a big fan of solar, but you know, solar only goes so far. In those rainy days, it sucks. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's why you have to have uh, big, big storage batteries to store that. Yeah, stuff. well, right. you, the key is then you have to have like, you know, five times. Of what you actually need mm-hmm. <laughs> from yeah. a capacity standpoint, you know. So that's where the scalability problems always come in. But yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we announced the the nominees list uh, for the the Ambies this past week. That's an interesting list. Yeah. I was reading through those, and there was. Some non-surprises, <laughs> yeah. But it did look like that uh, pretty dominated by big players. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, I mean, those that nominated, I mean, was, you know, that's the part of it. If if we could get everybody in there nominated, then it would be probably um, probably a little bit more balanced. I, I I think the 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 problem is it's limited based on the scope of the of the the thousand shows that got nominated. Right. Yeah. So, what's the what's the feedback been so far? It's been good. It's gotten gotten really good um, coverage in the media uh, around the country, and um, I haven't heard anything negative about it um, come out at all. I think it's we also un- unveiled our new branding for the the podcast academy, and and. I, I don't know. I haven't heard a lot of feedback on that yet, but um, I didn't even see that announcement. Well, it wasn't really announced. It just was rolled out with the oh. with the announcements of the nominees. the The website got updated, and and um, just the the branding. Yeah, so so we have been working with a branding agency out of uh, Los Angeles for the last couple months to come up with a new new look and feel and brand and and colors and design. So, and it's, uh, it's, it's been ruled out now. So awesome. Yep. So I guess if everybody goes over to the podcast, the podcastacademy.com, you'll be able to see that. Yeah. Or, or go to the website, uh, ambies.com. So it was another one too. All right. I was going to go over there and look and see what, what our membership money paid for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I is think it just a- ambies.com? Is that A-M-B-I-E-S.com? 
Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. That. Yep. Just am- ambies with an S dot com. Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking at this logo. And I'm sure you had to go through lots of stuff to make sure you didn't do any trademark infringement on that. Yeah. So yeah. I don't think that there, there was any. And then our our um, live presentation of the winners is going to happen on May on May 16th. So it got pushed back a little bit just so we could um, make sure all the branding and everything and all everything was all set in time. Things were moving a little too fast. So uh, I'm just going to tell you right now, when you guys go to get those trophies made, <laughs> hold on to your hat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They are, they are nice trophies. I have to say. Yeah. Uh, oh, you've got them. You've got them designed or did they already oh, have yeah. them made? I don't, I don't know that they're made per se. I, they're, right. They're all designed. I mean, they're in the logo. So yeah, you, you can actually see what the design looks like right in the logo. Yeah. So, and it's on the, on, on the website too. You can see them on the website. So what it is, it looks like for those of you wanting to know, they're listening. It looks like a person that is, looks like a robot almost. Yeah. Um, standing arched backwards a little bit with the hands up. Holding something at the top. Is that a microphone or it's what a, is that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a microphone. Yeah. Yeah, because there wasn't a big picture of it, just a little itty bitty one. So, yeah, yeah. Huh. All right. Yeah. So, so things are coming together. And you guys are going to do a, a live show on YouTube. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be very, very cool. Who knows? I'm sure we'll do stuff with Clubhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's, I'm sure it'll be a, it'll be a fun show. There's been a lot of debate on the board about how to, how to, how to present that. So, so, you know, I think we've learned a lot from, um, shows before us here over the last six months. <laughs> well, um, I hope you get all, you know, <laughs> the challenge really will be, you know, making sure everyone gets their uh, uh, winning video submissions and not knowing if they won or not. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, that is very true. Wait, wait till the, the winner of one of the categories hasn't submitted their videos. Then you guys will have your own uh, own issue. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we'll figure it out, Todd. I'm sure. Oh, oh I'm sure. Do I'm that, sure or we'll call you. Because you we'll call you. Yeah, and we'll help us figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be like, oh, what do we do? We right. call them and say, hey, you need to send send, send this in, um, <laughs> or do you disqualify them? You know, that's <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, so. So anyway, what else is going on? Ah, you know, to be honest with you, I've uh, um, been besides reading pod news and I've had my head down pretty hard this week with uh, taking care of, you know, regular business stuff. And we yeah. uh, we, we had did a couple things this week, some minor, some minor rollouts and got some announcements coming soon next week. And 
um, yeah, so I've been been busy, just you know, business busy. Um, so I, yeah, I also noticed in 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 Pod News, and I had known about a few of these people um, um, that are changing their roles or leaving their roles. Tyler Moody, the the the, the former VP of uh, Warner Media Podcast Network, has left his role there, and. Peter Morris, who's been a been a guest on this podcast before, the CEO of Podcast One, he's uh, posted his end date as of left, in January. Yeah, yeah. and um, and that was all uh, revolving around the acquisition of yeah of the the LiveX Live stuff, yeah. right? Right, and then Mr. Eric Dean, the CEO of Stitcher. Uh, is winding down his role too. He's also um, a board of governors on the podcast academy too. So, um, it, you know, I guess he's going to be an advisor, which is a typical wind down type of thing to Sirius XM. Mm-hmm. I thought those were interesting announcements going on there. Well, and every year acquired, <laughs> yeah, usually some key people's days are numbered. Right, right. Things, things oftentimes change. Yeah. Um, it's just part of, part of business in general. I saw in here that, uh, Blueberry renamed your, um, your podcast stats plans. It looks like. Yeah. It was basically, there was some confusion because we had, um, for years, just two levels, basic and pro. Yeah. And we added, uh, last year, something called advanced. So it was basic pro and advanced. Well, you would, from a naming perspective, you would think it would be basic advanced and pro, but so there was confusion and the product hasn't changed, but just in the stack. So now it's, you know, we've really made it very, very clear. It's um, free standard and advanced. So um, just, a, you know, same product, just a renaming so that, people that are looking for stats only with us know that um, there's either free or standard and then advanced is another option. But actually advanced is only available to our hosting customers because we can't derive the advanced data from a redirect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was actually talking with um, some folks about redirect stats and, and some of the shortcomings and, and, you know, and there's, there's, there's not a lot of shortcomings with, uh, redirect stats, but I, I think what we're starting to see, um, is we're having a lot of people come to us from anchor and a couple of other platforms that don't support a redirect. And that would include, uh, uh, pod track or chartable. And those folks are very angry. Um, and oftentimes they yell at us. And we're like, hey, we, you know, we can't tell a service to support our redirect. That's up to them to be able to. So, you know, right. don't yell at us. Go talk with the company that you're working with and ask them to to employ it. So, right. um, it's a, it's a, you know, it's it's an understandable issue, and because um, people are, well, and we find it mostly from Anchor. People are very confused about the numbers they get over there. Mm-hmm. And in a way, they're presented. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I also heard that uh, 
the Google Podcasts manager um, got got a little bit of an update too. I don't know if you saw all that, Todd. But yeah, I haven't. Uh, I haven't even played with it. What did they do? I guess they they've um, added the ability to see your subscriber count um, on Google. Oh. So I thought that was interesting, and a new share podcast menu under the settings icon lets you grab your direct link with a Google podcast badge. So you can hmm. do that. And so, so is good. this, so, you know, Tom Webster brought up a good discussion recently is the subscribe term holding podcasting back. Uh, I do think that there's some changes coming to that. <laughs> so what do you think it should be called? Uh, I, th- well, I think more and more we're going to see, uh, and one big platform is going to change it to uh, follow. So hmm. following well, and uh, Apple has said that they're going to put out um, where you can um, have, I think it, I think it turned out to be about 2000 episodes in your RSS feed. That's insane. Yeah. We've, so we've it's been not talking unlimited. About it. We've been talking. We've, we've been talking about it internally, and uh, be careful what you wish for on that. Yeah, yeah. If you know, I know Apple's listening. Here's what I would recommend you guys do: please keep a database of the episodes that have happened in the show. So, if a person wants to have all their past episodes. Say, for example, I want all my past episodes to be in there. I'll set my fee limit to um, 1,500. You pull it once. You got the entire stack for all 16 years. And then I change it back to 40. And that way, I don't have to have a feed that's 1,500 episodes long to be pulled every time. That's an interesting Uh, idea. Yeah. You know, because the load... The loading on, you know, just who's going to take the brunt of this? Service providers are, you know, you're going to have to serve all that right. extra data now. Right. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, an RSS feed that has 2,000 episodes in there with with uh, description metadata and title metadata and all sorts of stuff massive. can be can be a, a a download that's equivalent to downloading the episode of a podcast. That's right. <laughs> Every time it could be right. 50 megs. Right. Exactly. It could be big. Yeah. So, so that's Apple, an interesting know, point, Todd. I agree with you. Yeah. So I'm I'm hoping, and I've again I'm hoping that that's what they do, because I don't mind a one time catch up for a period of time. Let's say a, a month, we leave it in there, right. and then and then I revert back to the original number. But a lot of people are going to be screwed because if they all it takes, Rob, is a single mistake in any one of those 1500 episodes to invalidate your feed. And then you've caused more trouble than anything else because then the feed won't update and won't load on those sites. So I'm going to tell podcasters, be very cautious of doing this max number of episodes like that. Be very, very cautious. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, there's no obligation that you have to, to no. do this, right? But uh, Rob, everyone's yeah. going to do it. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, let's be honest with you, Todd. How many shows have anywhere near to that many episodes? <laughs> it's a pretty small list. Oh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. Yeah, so 2,000 episodes is a lot. <laughs> right. 
That's you like, know, so if a little company like Blueberry can have all the episodes database since 2005, um, you know, without having to pull the entire feed every time, then a big company like Apple should be able to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. And, and if nothing else, then don't, if you don't do that, then don't take the whole stack every time. Don't take the whole, you know, sample the top of the feed and then don't load the rest of it. Well, because when a person, um, I'm, I'm curious, I haven't heard the answer to this question, but if they do, um, you know, I know that the, the podcast app, um, captures a copy of your RSS feed when you, you know, subscribe or whatever, that's been the history of it. So it's basically storing that RSS feed or it's accessing it directly. Um, every time a user, um, loads up that, that particular show. Right. So, um, to have the app basically store that information, like, like you say, versus having to, to refresh the whole thing every time you, you look for it in your library. Um, I've never been a big fan. I mean, I understand why they did it, but I've never been a big fan of the transferring from the the directory, um, the RSS feed over to your your library on your device as being kind of two separate processes. I mean, that was the same thing that I, I saw that the programmers did. Um, there, I'm sure there's a reason for it. Um, on Zoom, when I was working for Zoom, they did the same thing that Apple does. Well, it's, it's simple, Rob. They ta- yeah. they offload those resources to the individual phone, right? And the right. app, so that Apple is not coming in and having to, you know, they update their map. So those, yeah, but it caused no- ca- caused a bunch of problems though, because it if if the let's say the content producer updated their cover art, right, mm-hmm. or made changes in the metadata, that would show up first in your library. But then the things wouldn't get updated in the in the library in the in the directory. Sorry. So s- sometimes you had an experience where you had two different sets of metadata right. <laughs> exposed in the platform. And but that's, I think that's now I saw. I, you know, I prefer when someone subscribes to the show that their phone then has the. Uh, has it and here's the reason why let's say apple doesn't hit my feed for three hours but someone's waiting for that episode to pop it'll show up in their phone immediately right versus waiting to apple updates their directory so i understand why they've done it it's because then apple has to update geek news they update new media show on the apple directory then they have they would have to ping every phone that is subscribed to the new media show and have it update just easier for the phone to be able to do it itself. So, well, if the platform was a little smarter, it would only update the information of the most recent change to the RSS feed. Right. And uh, they may do that already. We don't know. Right. Right. Well, I mean, we kind of I mean, do. I mean, to try and think that, you know, every time a request is made, uh, is going to pull the whole RSS feed is, I think what it needs to do is it, uh, on the server side, it look, needs to look for changes, which is it needs to do anyway, right? Yeah, I'll have to ask Angelo what he sees on the server side because I think he's talked about it before. I think they currently just sample to see if there's been a change. Change made. I, I, yeah. 
but they have to sample a certain amount because what if you change your album art and so they have that that header information oh and, yeah oh yeah. you should always check the header information i think right yeah, yeah. so i guess we'll see um but you know buyer beware here um Right. Especially if you're on a dollar ninety nine hosting account. Right. <laughs> well, you're you're probably not going to have two thousand episodes on a on a dollar ninety nine hosting plan. Absolutely, absolutely, you could, but you're not going to want to have two thousand episodes in your feed on a dollar ninety nine. It's right. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah. So I'm trying to think. Of anything else big happened this week? Um, yeah. Uh, let's see here. Definitely, uh, Clubhouse is definitely getting more integrated into the podcasting conversation um, all the time. So I think that's only going to accelerate. All right, Rob. Well, we're uh, we call it a late. day. Yeah, yeah, we did, and uh, we'll see how this uh, recording turns out that uh, I've done via Skype today. So. Yeah. But anyway, everyone, thanks for being here. I'm Todd at Blueberry.com. You can reach me at Geek News on Twitter. And I can be found on Twitter as well at Rob Greenlee. And that's also my clubhouse um, um, address as well. It's the same as my Twitter account. And I can uh, I can be reached by email, RobG at Lipson.com as well. All right, everyone. Thanks for being here. And we'll be back with you on what's Wednesday, Saturday, be back on Wednesday. Wednesday, yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone, take care. Thanks. Okay. We'll see you next Bye. time. Bye. Bye.